And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Special one here today. As, uh, you know, we usually don't come out on a Wednesday with the podcast, but we have to make exception today because, uh, well, we got a special guest. This guy joining us from Costa Mesa, California, um, one of the top teachers out there and longtime coach to the most recent winner out there in Mexico, Jake Knapp. He's the guy. John Ortega, thank you for taking the time. We've got all the technical things figured out, and here we are now on the podcast together. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> well, first off, congratulations. Um, I can't, I, I, you know, look, I can't even imagine what it's like for, for you to sit there and watch someone that you've known since they were eight years old, and you've been his teacher and guiding him along the way through grade school and high school and college golf at UCLA, Canadian tour, corn Ferry tour. And now he makes it to the PGA tour and he wins. What was that like to see that? Well, it was really rewarding, but it was something that didn't catch me by surprise because I've always known how good he is. Mm -hmm. And so when people are going, Hey, isn't this great? It is, but it isn't anything that caught me by surprise because I just know how good this kid is. And he was shooting 61 when he was in high school in competition, U.S. Open qualifying, shot 59 in a junior world qualifying. So he's been playing some really good golf for a long time. So it's kind of like one of those guys, just a savant, and it's just a matter of time before he did this. So I wasn't surprised at all. But when it happened, of course, I was over at the, the Naps house and the watch party. I was the one that was filming the, the, um, the room for, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan Hicks, rather. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, it was great, and everybody was tears in everybody's eyes, and I had to kind of maintain the composure. I'm supposed to be the, the cool head in the room, and I was. <laughs> as soon as I hit the door, oh, my God. It was just, I would cried like a baby. Oh, wow. So I had wow. to go back and give some more lessons. I'm just sort of wailing as I'm driving down to Costa Mesa, which is like maybe like 400 yards away from their house. Mm. And that's what it was like. I just I lost my shit, and, uh, but in a good way. And, uh, and here we are, and it's just, it's just so awesome that uh, – He's finally doing what I thought he'd always do. I guess, I don't know if that summates it, but that's what I feel right now, and that's what I felt then. Those, those conversations after it happens, right? You know, you, you, I would imagine I've talked to Jake since, um, and, you know, you don't want to share everything. Like, those moments are special, right, between coach and player. But is there anything you can share? Like, was there any, that one moment in time, maybe where you go back to where maybe things weren't so good? And you kind of keep going. Was there any anything you could share from that conversation that uh, that you would share with us? Sure. Uh, the first time he played in the Farmers Insurance, he was really nervous, and of course I was. But again, I try to hide that, and, and, and I don't really need to hide too much of it because I have so much confidence in him. But I, you know, I feel the butterflies for him. And he said before we went to the, he goes, "Give me something. Like you got, you got to say something to me to, you know, get me calm." <laughs> I said, Jake, this is what you were meant to do. This is what you're always going to do. So just go out and do what you do. And so I reminded him of that conversation. I said, and that now we're here, and this is the same thing. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You know, there's nothing, nothing uh, extraordinary. It's extraordinary, but it's what you are. That's, that's mm-hmm. pretty much what we had the conversation. Of course, after that, it gets a little bit more emotional. So yeah, yeah. save that between me and him. Take us back to when you met him. As I understand, you, you started working with him when he was eight years old. Take us back to, to those days. Okay, the first time I saw him hit a golf ball, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday, really. 
so he and Ryan and, and Bob were out uh, in the middle of the range at Costa Mesa. It was dark. Um, it Ryan's his brother? Was, uh, Ryan's his brother. Who's, uh, Ryan's his brother, brother, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so Ryan's Jake's older brother. So th- they were hitting balls at Costa Mesa off the mats. He was eight. He was tiny, by the way. He was super, super small as a kid and, and, and going into high school. So see this little kid, and he's got this really nice swing, and he's hitting the ball at the center of the club face, and it's going pretty much dead straight and falling slightly to the right. And I mean, I, I, I'm not a genius, but I can tell when there's something different. And I'm like, kid, that's unbelievable. And his dad thought I was just saying that to be nice, but I'm like, hey, I'm not saying that to be nice. I'm just saying that. I'm just pointing out that your kid's like, you know, he's he looks like he's going to be pretty good at this game, right? He's special. So, yeah. so that was the first time I saw him play. And at the time, he was working with a guy named Doug Booth, and Doug ended up moving on. And so I was in the the place and had good fortune to have him and Ryan. Um, you know, assigned to me to, for for me to be their coach, right? And mm-hmm. so that's a lot, lot of uh, serendipity or good uh, happenstance for me. And so I, I was in the right place at the right time, you might say. And from there, you know, he was tiny and his swing developed uh, a lot of it because being around his older brother, Ryan, because Ryan was a good player. And Ryan, if you saw him when they were young, had pictures somewhere or another. But he was really tall. Jake was really short. And Ryan hit it far and Jake didn't. And so he would always swing really hard to try to keep up with his brother and his brother's friends. So he had to swing it back really hard. And, you know, on the backswing, he'd kind of give it like that Scottish uh, flail thing, like where you take it back like Bobby Jones, and then it'd get past him and go, you know. So you kind of late load it like Nicholas and and got really long. And, you know, over time, we just decided to get it like more extended too. So I, I have some swings, that uh, some stills of his arms way up. Mm. And so this thing kind of developed. Uh, partly out of just like it was an organic, he needed to hit it farther and that happened and he could hit it out of the center of the club face. And as he grew, it started going farther and farther until like when he was a junior in high school, he's carrying the ball well over 300 yards. And, and I was like, why would I change that? And it's it, the, the, the rhythm that he has right now, he's had for a while. Mm-hmm. So he has really good rhythm. You know, his, his swing produces good shots. And so we just managed, you know, some things. And of course, uh, when it comes to him and his swing, I'm pretty guarded, so I don't want to like go into the details. It's kind of mm-hmm. to me, it's all that's like between him and me, and and whatever he does with somebody else, he, he generally confines to me. He says, "Hey, I, I've thought about doing this. What do you think?" So, and we still have those conversations, but it's his swing is by and large the same swing, and it's good enough swing to win on tour, and I think it's good enough swing to win majors personally. Do you, Do you think that? Because the one thing that I love about it is is kind of the length of the swing. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a video up here, and this is the of him and he's, you know, this long swing, just kind of a recent one. Um, and if you're looking at your phone there, John, it's the one where he's in his PXG hat. Okay. And he's dressed, yeah. And he's dressed in um, all black. Okay. Let me get to this phone right here. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a video right now. It's yeah. It's just kind of a sequence. Yeah. It's a little yeah. sequence. Yeah. And, okay. I see that one. I do. And so, like, when I look at this and you look at this, Yes. What, one of the things you just said to me was when he was younger, trying to keep up with his brother, trying to hit it hard. Did he kind of naturally kind of get his hands up like that and the club a little past parallel to to try to keep up, right? To to lengthen out that swing, which which I like. It's a little bit of a throwback, John. You don't see many anymore in the PGA Tour that get the club to the top, but like this, right? It's always maybe a little shorter than that, maybe parallel with the driver. But is this kind of the way that he would swing it at a young age, really wind that thing up, get it past parallel, 
kind of, like you said, load it late and then just sling that thing through to create max speed. Always. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why when I was sending you all those videos, I said the song is awesome. the same. It's, 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 it's that, you know, so it's just something that's a natural swing. Right. I, I think I'd have been a fool to try to mess with it too much. I mean, there are other people that I coach that I don't coach like him. So, you know, people yeah. ask me how I coach. I'm going to say, I, I just look at somebody and see what I think what they should, they should do to be a better golfer. Mm-hmm. This is uh, as vague as that sounds. Uh, that's how I do it. And uh, so, yeah, he's been doing that for a long time and he's been playing really good golf since he was young. And I just think it's uh, you know, a matter of him just, uh, you know, making his way out there, which he's already doing and uh, just going out and doing what he's always done, which is play good golf in tournaments. He's got that chip that he can go really low. And uh, that's something I don't think that you can teach. That's something you're born with. I don't think there are too many people that can make, you know, seven, eight birdies and look for nine, 10, 11, 12. And he's that guy. <laughs> so go back to his high school days. He went to Estancia, right there. Um, right. Uh, Estancia high school. Then he went to um, UCLA. So you go back to his um, high school days and then into college. That's a conversation. You know, I've taught a lot of um, junior golfers that, that make that jump, right. That are really good high school players. They want to play collegiate golf and, and sometimes when they make that jump into college, it, it's a learning curve, right? As much off of the golf course as it is on. Um, talk about Jake. Was there, you know, that transition from playing at Estancia where um, he, he obviously was a very good player, then to becoming a freshman at UCLA? Was there, you know, learning curves for him, things that um, as he kind of got on his own, maybe in managing his swing or managing his time on and off the golf course, what was that like for in coaching him? Well, when, when he went to college, you know, college golf, as you may know, a lot of the college golf coaches want their kids to be real consistent. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of like the, the 69 through 72s. They don't want the 65s and the 75s. So his game changed a little bit at that point. So he learned how to play, you know, that's, he said, called it aggressively conservative. To me, that made no, no sense for him. I was like, dude, just put the pedal down the metal and shoot some low scores. But, you know, he has to do that now because the PGA Tour is, courses they have some difficulties left to play safe at times but i love what when he just plays all out he's 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 amazing but so he had to learn a different style of golf to you know to accommodate that that environment i guess you could call it and so you know that there was a learning curve in that because before you used to just play completely free it was like who cares the right the flag there i'm here my ball's going to the flag then he had to start mm-hmm. playing more toward the center of the green, which is, you know, I guess that's long-term, that's that's a good way to play. I mean, if you look at the strokes gained and Mark Brody and all the different things, decade and all the things that they recommend, you know, he, he had to change his style of play that way. So I would say that was the biggest adjustment for him. And uh, just being away from home and being away from me and being away from, you know, obviously his parents, that, that was, you know, wasn't easy for him. But he's, he's the kind of kid, you know, even though he's very engaging and uh, gregarious, He's also a little bit of an introvert too, so he can mm. he can be on his own. He can travel. He can be in his own hotel room. You know, he he can do all of that, and so he's like perfectly suited to be a tour professional mm. golfer. So I just uh, you know I I want to bring that up because I think that people that are out there that look at some of these guys that have to do what they do, I mean he they, they've got to go out there and you know, I've traveled with him. Wake up early in the morning. They have they have uh, canceled um, second rounds and have to go and finish their round and they finish their round and have a long day. You know, he's he's up for that. That's what he lives for. Mm. So, you know, all, all of those things that he did in college and in his early uh, training or, or traveling as a professional golfer is 
you know, brought him to the point where he's good at doing all of that. So I don't know if that were there. That's yeah. Yeah. Now were, were there moments of setback, you know, or maybe, you know, like you had to some conversations, right? Golf's tough, you know, golf can beat you down. So take me to those, to those moments where, you know, things were not as easy, right? He wasn't just firing at the flag stick. Golf was a little bit more difficult. Were there some late night calls where you had to say, man, this is just part of the deal. Yes, there were, especially when he was in Canada the first time around, because you know, he, he didn't, uh, you know, it wasn't like an instant success up there. So he'd, you know, tell me, Hey, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that, you know, my swing feels like this or that, you know, do I need to change it? And I'm like, no, you know, sometimes the, you know, that the, the moment will make you, you know, not move with the best, uh, efficiency that you could but eventually your nervous system will get used to it and you'll you know restore or reset and so we kind of had those conversations every once in a while not every once in a while a lot of times he'd send me videos if i did see something that i thought he could do a little bit better i would you know make a comment but Mm -hmm. you know we did have we did have some of those conversations but i think what you're speaking of you know the the biggest the the biggest moment like that was when he um you know the wraparound corn fairy season that they had the two-year covid uh season when, when he didn't play particularly well there and, uh, and, you know, he lost his, his playing privileges on the corn Ferry tour. He had to go back to Canada uh, at the same time. He lost his sponsor and, you know, he's like, man, where, look where I am. I'm like, well, you know, you're, you're going to figure it out. I was totally convinced he would, but I, I was, you know, prepared to just help him any way I could, but he's yeah. a tough, resilient kid. So as mm-hmm. you know, everybody talking about the bouncer thing and, but he did Uber, you know, he, he, he did what he had to, to, uh, you know, to get by, let's say, but I think yeah. that, that those, those moments made him who he is now. You know, he, he really appreciates, and he talks about it, he appreciates what he gets to do for a living. Um, we had some conversations, I'll uh, keep them a little bit private, where I kind of cracked the whip a little bit, and not a lot. I, I, yeah. My whip has, has like a velvet tip, but I did crack it, and, and so I you know, made him realize that, hey, you, this is your opportunity, you can't take this lightly, and you know, you're you're that guy that if you actually grab hold of the hold of the moment that you're going to, you're going to get what you wanted and what we've all wanted for you. And, and he did. So we're yeah. there and we're just, we're just going to ride it. You know, it's so funny. Like, you know, I, we, I talked to a lot of coaches and we have a lot of coaches that listen to the pod. We have a lot of our audiences is, is widespread. A lot of people listen. They, they have kids that play golf, um, good golfers want to pursue golf, maybe play professional golf or work in the golf industry, maybe become a teacher like you or I. And the reality is like when you play and you work through those different um, moments in time, right? Like your grade school and then your high school and then your college and then your mini tour, things get more difficult as you go. And sometimes they don't go the way you want them to go, right? Like you can dominate at a young age and in high school, the competition isn't such. Then you go to college and you have a maybe a coach that, you know, is going to give you more structure um, on a daily basis and you got to kind of follow his lead and he wants you to play a certain way. And then you go to the Canadian tour and all of a sudden, you know, that's a whole different environment in the way now you're traveling and it's your job and people around you are as good as you, right? And have won some of the same tournaments that you've won in the past in California. So it, it gets more difficult and you get knocked down. And And sometimes, you know, in talking with parents and kids, like, it's like, this is, this is part of it, you know, like it's not always win, 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 unless you're Tiger Woods, I, I, I guess, but even him, you know, you're going to have some setbacks. And so those moments in time become, I just look back 
and, and I feel like, you know, maybe the most important moments, right? When you, you kind of help him through those struggles, like you said, in, in losing his card and his sponsor to get back on the horse and let's keep going because you are good enough, but, and we'll get there. It's just, this is just part of the journey. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think uh, intuitively he knew that, but like when you're going through it, it just sucks. Yeah. You, you want it to yeah. end, but you know, yeah. you're the only one that can make it in. And he did, you know, I'm, I'm just watching what he's done. You know, I've learned, you know, I, I haven't really had this kind of talent and this kind of uh, perseverance in front of me, this mm. kind of athleticism. So, you know, just, just being part of that experience has helped me a lot. Mm. I, you know, I know this is all about him, but I, I was telling you, just being able to be who I am for him mm. is just like. Do you, do you think, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, John. Do you think it, um, the start that he had on Sunday, right? He, he yeah. hits it in the water mm-hmm. and he makes a couple bogeys, right? And so right. all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden he's playing golf like he had played up to that point. Do you right. think all of this, all the things that you go through in time, right? And you get to that moment and you have a chance to win. And all of a sudden you, you face a little adversity, right? All of a sudden I, hit, I hook one into the water. Right. Like all those moments, kind of, like he kind of, it wasn't easy for him on Sunday. But no, the perseverance, think, like it just kicked in and he, all of a sudden off he went again. I, th- I think that all this, what you talked about before, all those things that he went through and all the experience he's had in, in you know, pushing through these tough times, you know, yeah. from a li- living your life standpoint to being on the golf course and pushing through some rounds where you're not hitting it as well as you are. They all contributed to him, him being able to do that, but his character and his grit, you know, that's, that's hard to teach. And, yeah. and, you know, he's, he's got that. So when I, when I look at a golfer and I look at guys that, you know, people that are talented and, you know, that they maybe have the game to do what he's doing you know, that's a big part of, of somebody being successful. And I think that's really underappreciated and I don't take it for granted. And, you know, and uh, when I see it, I really appreciate it. And, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that I've seen him make some pars and bogeys that are like unbelievable. I, I, you know, I could, sometime when we have some time, uh, I'll tell you some of the, some of the holes he's played that people have scratched their head and they go, how the hell did he do that? And I'm like, well, yeah. I'm not surprised because he's done it a bunch, right? So he he's that guy. So when he was in that moment where, you know, I was on the putting green giving a putting lesson. Uh, I'll tell you some of the circumstances behind this. There's like the first three holes he was playing when all that's happening. Guys are saying, fuck, this guy. Sorry about that. I don't know if F's are. Uh, <laughs> so he goes, fuck, this guy. He's like, he's falling apart. He's like, he's he's going to he's gonna come apart like a cheap suit. And instead of standing, I go, oh, God, I have to hear this. And, and I just knew, I just knew somehow he was going to make it through. And I'm like, all right, they're going to eat in their words. And, and they did. So, yeah, I, but he's, he's that guy that he can just, he's not going to do it every time, right? You know, not right. everybody's going to like have their B game and win. But, you know, he, he's one of those guys that can. And he's proved it. And he'll, I think he'll show it again and again. Yeah, that's the special part. That's the lasting power, right? When you don't have your A game and yet you're right there competing tooth and nail to the end. And he got the win, which was uh which was pretty awesome. And I was thumbing through some of these these videos that you sent me. Um and I got the one up with the bucket hat. Um, this is probably I don't know, seven, eight years ago, maybe. And you know, it's uh it's a little more of a kind of a three quarter sawed off wedge. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. not a 
It's not an all-out drive or an all-out six iron. It was one that kind of stood out to me where he kind of it looked like he 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 was trying to flight it, you know, and maybe he did take it back a little bit more three quarters, but but my goodness, I I just look at this golf swing. I look at the way he 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 uses his body, the kind of change in knee flex, the uh, obviously the structure in the arms and hands and, and letting it lengthen out when he needs it with the driver, but then has the ability to to shorten it up a little bit, hit the flighted shot um, when he needs to. I mean, technically, this swing is is so good. I mean, it really is. And I tell you, John, I think it's a swing. And I told Dana Dahlquist this, too, and I want to get to him here in a minute because you were telling me some stories about um, – you were telling me some stories about Jake getting some – other thoughts from other teachers. And I think there's a, there's a really good conversation to have there, but I just look at this swing and I think it's such a great swing for my audience to look at and learn like the fullness of the turn, the, the lengthened out nature of it, the club face being so square, um, the shaft, you know, just laying down a little bit, you know, not crazy and just, Great body support, weight left turning. It's just very clean in many, many ways. But I think the thing that stands out to me is just that it's lengthened out. I like that. I, I've i never been one to like, let's shorten things up. Let's make it more compact and shorten it just because maybe it looks better and it maybe sounds like it'd be more efficient. I think it's cool that you, you let this kind of breathe, the length of this swing uh, over the years because uh, that's what really stands out to me. Yeah, I, I never I... – you know, we, there were times where people said, yeah, I think you should shorten this swing. And I, I, even during the tournament, guys were sending me, uh, one guy sent me a YouTube video about, about what he needs to do for his golf swing to shorten it. And I said, oh man, I'll get right on that, man. I just said, Thank, <laughs> thanks for the tip. Right. And I, I'll leave the guy nameless, but it was, it was hilarious. No. Super cool guy. And, and so I get comments like that, but you know, I just, oh. It's just okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you, you know, you've probably heard some of this stuff from other people on people that you coach, right? So I'll just yeah. have to, okay, we're all good. That's fine. I don't think I've, I've never heard that. Never heard that. You haven't heard anybody say shorten the swing? No, 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 no. I've never heard, I've never, I've never heard someone sending you a video sh- telling you how to shorten his swing. Oh, no, no. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> I'll, I'll share, I'll share it with you later. Just, okay, just, please do. I just don't want you to share it with everybody else. Okay. But, you know, there are a lot of uh, well-wishers and, you know, Jake, Jake has like a lot of fans. He's cause he's just such an engaging kid. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard not to like this guy. You know, there are other guys on the you know top 100 that, you know, are right now playing, they've played better golf over time, but, you know, save a few. He's, he's the kind of guy that people can get behind. He's kind of like a, a John Daly with a, you know, 8% body fat, you know, he's everybody, everybody likes him. Right. And, and he's yeah. and one thing that people don't really appreciate is how good his hands are. They mm. are ridiculous. If you mm. get to see chip and putt, it's, it's like, it's like unbelievable. So, wow. uh, you know, final round when he wasn't hitting it quite so good. I mean, you saw it, he wasn't going to like not get up and down. That was, that was just not going to happen. And there might've been one time that he didn't, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little numb. I've been, not sleeping very well because I'm building a new putting lab. It's going to be the lab that uh, that Jake built, I guess. But uh, you know, his his short game's incredible. Yeah. It, it's it's so good, and you know his his length kind of um, it kind of overwhelms that or you know overshadows it. But you know he's got a good game, tee to green. 
He's got, like you said, he can do those three-quarter swings. He can mm-hmm. do all kinds of things. Uh, you know, I've had him uh, play up at a place called Glendora Country Club in Glendora, California, with a, a guy that I was trying to get him to sponsor him. And when he watched him play, he was like, I've never seen this before. I've played here for 50 years. I've never seen a ball here. I've never seen a person hit a shot like that. He hit this one eight iron that he must have curved like 50 yards, like he needed to slice it. I've never seen that before. So he's mm-hmm. like... So, you know, it's, I know I'm, I'm biased because he's, you know, yeah. I never have kids and he and Ryan are kind of like my kids, but he does some things with a golf club and a golf ball that, you know, very few can do. And I'm super, uh, I, I just love watching him play golf. I mean, anybody yeah. who hasn't seen him play golf, you're going to, it's, it's, it's an adventure. Sometimes when it's like what was on Sunday, it's an adventure, but when it's not an adventure and it's just like A to B and he's on, it's something to watch. I've got his I've got his putting stroke up here and, and for my audience I mean John you're a great teacher in all facets but you really have done some gr- incredible things in putting you know that's I know is very much um your your wheelhouse and so I put Jake's putting stroke up here now the one that you sent me yeah and talk to me about what we're looking at here with his his putting stroke and maybe you know, is this something that he's always done pretty naturally, or have you changed this maybe more than, say, some of the short game techniques or full swing techniques that we were talking about? Well, by and large, just the way that he goes about, like, seeing how he's going to putt and then the way he feels the green has been the same. But you know, we, we, we work with some technology, and so, you know, we look at the lines that his stroke is creating, and over time we've uh, reduced the amount of, uh, you know, he's a little bit in to out, um, sometimes and uh, so we reduce that where it's a little bit more you know on the line but not completely yeah. I think I think it's uh, fool's errant to try to be zero so mm-hmm. but but he gets closer to that and you know he he uh, he's really good with uh, managing the face rotations um, some of the kids that I've coached have a lot of face rotation and they putt well so I kind of I, I try to get people to do what they do and if they need a little bit of help in softening some element of it like uh, there's not a huge name dropper, but I'll do it since we're on this podcast. A girl named Haley Borja. I don't know mm-hmm. if you watch the US Women's Am. Yeah. But a friend named Bob Laskin sent her to me because she was hitting her putts left. And I gave her some ideas about how not to do that, how to train to, you know, get her, her uh, start lines improved. And, you know, I just, you know, her stroke pretty much remained the same. Just a little bit of a, uh, an idea of how not to close the club face so much and going through the ball. She putted well. So his stroke, you know, it's it's been by and large – his stroke, but we do do a little bit of maneuvering or softening certain parts of it. But like I said, he's just so such an intuitive golfer that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm not right on the green with him to see, but I would imagine sometimes he has a right to left. He might have a little bit of a right path and, you know, hedge a little bit to make sure the ball starts a little bit more right. If it's a left to right putt, he might go a little bit more left to hedge a little bit. So it starts out mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know. I'm not the worm cam right behind him. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I know that he, when he, when he's putting well, he's a pretty good putter as you saw on it's Saturday like... and uh, yeah, Sunday. Yeah. So I think he was, yeah. they, they said he was a hundred percent from five foot in and he was like 80% plus for, from like six to, I forget what the distance was, but when, when he's, when he's stroking it, well, he's a good putter. Very good. Is he, um, it's almost like a, I don't know, like a mini, like a mini golf swing. It's like a mini Jake swing, you know, especially like, you know, from 25 feet, you know, when the, when the stroke's got a little length, it looks like a little subtle pivot. It looks like it has a lot of the same 
I don't know, kind of rhythm tendencies to it. It just, it, it almost looks like a mini version of his swing when he's putting in many ways. Uh, I would say, yeah, I haven't really thought of it that way. Personally, I just know that like he and I putted a lot together and mm-hmm. you can ask him, I, I, I've got a winning record at 21 on him. So, um, <laughs> but he's beating me now. So if you're going to beat me yeah. now, then we have, we have some problems. But uh, there was a time when I don't think he was practicing his putting enough and he's mm-hmm. really taking heart to practice putting so when he gets in those situations where he needs to make a putt like on the final hole at Torrey he had to make that whatever it was and that you know put a lot of money yeah. in his bank account and then in this tournament he had to make all those par putts and so uh you know his his stroke is I would say you know now that you mention it it's kind of an extension of his the way he plays golf but the way, place he plays from in his brain is so natural and so um you know, it's macro. It isn't too micro. And so that's why I've been really protective mm. of anybody that tries to, you know, offer something that's too micro. Because a guy that's yeah. an athlete like him that plays plays the way he plays, and he's, you got, I just, you know, he needs to be, I think, in my opinion, he needs to be careful it doesn't get too yeah. micro. But yeah, he's bogged got a down on a Bogged down on a, on a, a position or a, a, you know, a graph or, or a, you know, um, a number, you know, like, you know, where you start getting too maybe in depth like that, which, which is a segue I want to take here because, um, you were mentioning too, before we came on some of the other teachers, maybe that he got a a thought from here or there through this journey most recently. And I, and I spoke to uh, Dana Dahlquist and, you know, Dana helping him just with some of the things to, with the fairway finder you know, mm-hmm. with, with the driver and mm-hmm. maybe some of those things that might help. But over the years, including Dana now, how have you, cause you, you know, you're the, you're the head coach, you know, and, but yet you've given Jake some, some leeway to seek some other opinions. How do you manage that? Or how have you managed that? I should say over the years. When he was really young, I told him, I said, you know, I don't know everything. I know a lot, but I know everything. And you're going to want to, at some point, get some other opinions. And so I'm encouraging you to do that. But, you know, I'd, I'd caution you to, you know, not wholesale, do any wholesale changes. And so usually when he does go out, you know, he'll go, hey, you know, I, I talked to so-and-so, and they, they thought it would be a good idea for me to do whatever, X, Y, or Z. And I'd either say, okay, why don't you try it out, see how you like it, see if you can do it under the gun. And there have been times where he told me what somebody tried to tell him to do, and I lost my shit. And I said, no, I'm doing that. So that's how I kind of managed it. I, yeah. I, I, I don't own him. Like a lot of people, yeah. when they, you know, hear, hear the way I've um, kind of interacted with that, what you're talking about, they go, why would you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just me. And I don't own him. And he's an intelligent, like intuitive golfer. He's going to figure out what he wants to do. Yeah. And so, and, and you know, like, I, like a lot of times I hear people say, my players, my players. I'm like, that you own them? No. It's like he's he's a player that I have the privilege of coaching, and yeah. uh, and I'm always going to keep it that way. It's always centered around him and his success. You know, a lot of people don't know I've been his coach for so long. It's been I don't know right. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but uh, just the way it's played out. But I guess now people are knowing, and that's okay. I like it. You know, a little bit of uh, recognition. I'm not going to lie; it, it feels good, but it's not really yeah. what motivates me, and that's not what. Uh, any, anything that, that I've really sought. That's why, you know, people, I don't know, they say, why don't you have a swing on social media? It's like, well, I've, I've done a lot of the things that I've done with calculated, let's just say. 
yeah. And things are going pretty good. So I think I think uh, my yeah. calculations are pretty good. I think your calculations are pretty good, John. You're doing uh, you're doing uh, just fine and helping a lot of people. And I think what's interesting there is that you're letting him be him, right? You're letting him, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what, from what I'm hearing you say as a coach, right? Is yeah. you're letting him discover and he's gonna, you know, his mind, you know, maybe I want to, I want to talk to this person or talk to this person whenever it's not like he's doing it every week, right? I mean, it's just occasionally maybe get a thought here or a thought here on something. And you're the head coach and you give him your honest assessment of what he's saying to you, but it's, you know, he's the president of his you know business. Right. And so he has to make the decision, but you're going to give him your thought and you're going to give him exactly what you think of it. And sometimes it might be, yeah, that makes sense. That, that might fit. Or other times it's like, hell no, you're, I, exactly. I would not do that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I've, I've always, I've always thought that would be the best way. And like I said, I think it was uh it's been effective so far and I'm, I'm just going to keep riding it. That's the growth, right? Like, it's like, you know, I have a couple of young kids and, and you let, you, you want to let other people coach them in different sports. And, and sometimes they're going to say something to them in a way that maybe I wouldn't, and it might hit them a little differently, but that's just all part of growth, right. And helping them kind of discover, you know, and um, mature through life because those are the things that happen. Um, final question here is, you know, we talked about some of the setbacks, right. And, you know, you crack on the whip here and there, he's also had obviously a ton of success and through success from an amateur standpoint and now professionally, you know, that can, that can offer its own challenges too, in, in just its natural human nature way. Were there moments like up to this point, take me to, um, him shooting 61, 63 to win a tournament. He's playing great golf. Were there moments of, you know, Hey, let's, let's reel it back down. Be careful. You know, like it, you don't want to get overconfident Were those moments the other way is also. Well, as far as the, the overconfidence one, we used to like poke fun at him a little bit. There was, it was a loving nickname. We called him biggie. Cause we said he's big time. He's big time. And us, you know, <laughs> but he, you know, he like, Muhammad Ali says, it ain't bragging if you can back it up, right? So yeah. he walked around with a little bit of swag, but he deserved it. You know, if, you get, if you're good, it's, you're good, and that's great, right? But as far as, you know, him, like when things weren't going well, him thinking he needed to change his swing or he wasn't enough, we'd have to, like, slap it on the side of the head and just, like, what do you, stop it. You know, don't, don't, right. don't wallow that. You know better. I know better. We all know better. So we bring him back pretty fast. It, it didn't yeah. take much, much, uh, yeah pointing that out you know, he 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 knew he knows that so yeah. we're we're all good when it comes to that doesn't take too long to bring him back that's the other thing he'll have these moments where he gets down on himself and then he'll do something where he goes ah, i'm good you know so he, he he corrects really really fast and i think that's a good trait to have as a professional golfer any kind of golfer anybody any any discipline because you're gonna have your disappointments and then it's how you react that's gonna determine your success well, it's a cool story. I mean, it, it really is. Um, you know, I, I just love the fact that you've been with him since he was eight. Um, you know, I love the the journey of of golf, you know, from grade school days to high school to, to college, mini tour struggles. I just love the perseverance. And I think that's the word as I listen to you talk, as I listen to Dana talk, like this kid has perseverance. He's tough. Like he will fight. And 
that is a quality, like you said, I'm not sure you can teach. I think the other side of him, and I've never met Jake, but he just, there's, an, there's a kind of a, there's an authenticity here as well, right? And I think that's where people are gravitating is he's very authentic and I don't feel like he's selling me anything. I just feel like he's, he's Jake now. Yeah, I, I think I sent you a video when he was playing in a, a pro-am at the Corn Ferry Finals and he's reading the putts for these guys. When they first teed off, you know, they hadn't heard of him, right? He's this Corn Ferry guy, right? And as, as they went, these guys fell in love with him. He's like, this guy, this kid, he's awesome. He hits the ball awesome. He's a great player. But more than that, he cares about us. He gives us reads. You know, he gives us feedback. You know, they ask him about his swing, their swings, and he'll tell them, you know. So he's, 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 there's nothing phony about him. He's just a really high-character person, and people love him. I mean, when he's up in Canada, when he played the first RBC, you know, people were just falling, and they go, man, this nap, you know, it's like, He's there talking to him. It's, it's, it's really cool to see. And, and I, I can see why. You know, he's, he's somebody that has that star quality. When Brian met it from the first time he saw him hit a golf ball, he goes, you know, when you see somebody that's kind of a star, you'll just know it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that kid's a star. And even though before, wow. that's before he won a Canadian tour event. And by the way, Brian came out, and then Jake goes out and wins the uh, next two out of three uh, Canadian tour events, right? Because yes. Brian just told him, hey, kid, your swing's really good. If you change yeah. it, you're out of your mind, right? So he didn't mm-hmm. really tell me anything different. He just said, keep doing what you're doing. In fact, you know, I don't think I've ever paid for a lesson that Jake's taken from somebody else, but I paid for him to take a lesson from Brian Manzella because, as you know, Brian is like an amazing swing coach. He's like, yep. he, and he's a good friend. I mean, a lot of people, yep. our personalities are about as 180 as you could be. <laughs> And so like, what the f-? you know, I'm like, hey, yeah, I just yeah. get him and I love him. He's just a good, really good friend. He's been yeah. a really good supporter. And you know, even though I'm a little bit older than him, you know, he's been a good mentor to me to, me to say, hey, you got to you got to be a little bit more this way. You know, so he mm. says, you got a little less humble. You know, you, you know, you're pretty good at what you do. And, and I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll puff out my chest now and then, but it's going to go back down pretty fast because I just... Well, I, I, I agree with that. I know Brian, I can hear that coming out of his voice. Um, and I, I, I agree with that. So hopefully today with the podcast, John, um, you know, this will shine some light back to you there at uh, Costa Mesa. You've done great work for years and, uh, it's a cool story, you know, congratulations on, on all the work with uh, Jake Knapp and you'll be in my neck of the woods. It sounds like here in a couple weeks here at the players. So I'd love to have you come out on Tuesday night, show you the studio and, um, have something to eat and a drink and just chill out for a while. Sounds like a plan. I'm there. All right, man. Thanks so much for jumping on the, on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.